0: Hey and welcome back to Giovanni Andrioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright everyone, this is an episode I teased a little while back, a couple episodes ago, I think, um, I don't know, it's been, it's been, it's been at least a few, and the reason it took so long is because I entirely reworked it, as a matter of fact, so I started off with one idea, started writing it, started getting a feel for how it would play out, and while I really, really liked the idea, I think the problem with it was it was just too much to cram into one season of television. We were talking about two seasons minimum, probably closer to three for the amount of stuff that I was trying to set up and and uh, follow through on, so I decided to completely rework it and try to make it a more self-contained, smaller uh, story. I just try to downsize it in general, include the same villains and the same s- certain, like, themes and story beats that I wanted to hit, but completely rework the plot. If you're curious about, uh, about what the original version of this might have been, I could probably circle back around to that at the end of the episode, provided that it doesn't run too long and that um, I remember. But uh, I will say that is definitely a big if it doesn't run too long because normally I try to be like... I'll keep it short and then I always end up running long just because I like the smell of my breath I was going to say the sound of my own voice but that's too cliche guys come on uh, smell of my breath now that's the that's the cool thing to say right all the podcasters are saying that that's probably why I haven't caught on yet no um, it's moments just like this that are probably why I haven't caught on yet uh, but, but anyway what I, was, what I meant to say was because of tangents just like that My episodes often run long. So, this one though, I'm preparing. I know from the start, this is probably going to go pretty long, because I wrote a lot. And it is just a general outline, it's just a pitch, it doesn't actually, there's really no dialogue, there's no stage direction, you know, no shot list, no nothing, it's really just, like, a general outline and, like, description of how I would want the show to look and feel and, and then the plot, um, but, but yeah... I do know that this could probably take me a while, so let's get started. So I'm sure you're probably wondering why wouldn't you just pick a movie that seems a lot more manageable and a lot easier to do, and to be honest with you, you're definitely right. There were a few times where I was like, you know what, a season just might be too much, I don't know if I have that amount of ideas, like I have a few scenes that I want to include, I know the general vibe that I want to go for, but I don't know if I actually have enough ideas to follow through on a whole season but i did really want to stick with it because i think that intrinsically just inherently from the dna of comic book characters they work best in long-form stories stuff like tv uh comics obviously that's serialized issues and so i just think that these characters are meant to be grown with uh and and loved over time over a long time over stories that take multiple segments to complete and i think that's just because that's the way that they were written from the very start so i think that's why some of the most successful adaptations of of stuff ever from page to screen is tv shows something like the x-men cartoons or spectacular spider-man batman the animated series um I know I'm not a huge fan of these personally, but all the CW shows, uh, Daredevil, Watchmen for a very recent example, and I know that's not a ton, and that's because they haven't made a ton, and certainly there have been many that have been pretty bad, but I think the fact remains that it's just a lot easier to get connected with characters and their supporting characters and to inhabit their world and explore much more of it, because especially in the case of Batman, there is so much to his world. I think that's just a lot easier if you have a longer period of time to do it, if you're not trying to cram it all into one movie. So it feels stuff, which is something that I felt about The Dark Knight, which I covered on the last episode, if you didn't listen to it already. So bearing, you know, all that in mind, that's why I chose a TV show format for this. And I would probably, ideally, I would want it to be on HBO, have something, a budget uh, akin to something like Watchmen, And I would want it to kind of have the same tone and like tactile feel to it as Daredevil, but I don't think that it would be so afraid to go like all the way with the overtly comic book elements of it like I mean those shows are really cool and they pioneered a lot of stuff with action and superhero storytelling on television and it really reinvigorated that especially for Marvel But I do think that they got to a certain point where it's just a bunch of guys in hoodies fighting nameless ninjas that are like barely ninjas and it's just, it got really samey and it got really lame and I think that's a big reason why that was all shut down and replaced with stuff upcoming that'll be a lot more bright and colorful and superhero-y and I think that's the right way to go. I'd still want it to be dark, obviously, I'd still want it to be very moody, um this is kind of up to you how you want to picture it but i debated even making this a black and white show making it super noir just tonally and i think that would be cool something to experiment with i don't know if i I don't know because playing with color is something that's really uh important to batman too it a lot of the color of his rogues gallery pops against his lack of it and so i don't know if black and white would be quite the way to go with that but Regardless, that is something I tossed around, m- just making this a little more art house, a little more moody. And then another distinctly noir trait that I would take in my approach to this series would be you would hear Batman's internal monologue, which is something I think that's been missing from a lot of in like adaptations of Batman. And, um, and I know that it can be kind of tricky, but at the same time, there's plenty of movies where You hear the characters in in your monologue, in particular what I was thinking about, noir films. So, in that case, I think he would be sort of a pseudo-narrator and we would hear his internal thoughts. I just reread Batman Year One, which is my favorite Frank Miller Batman story, and while I do still think it's kind of anticlimactic, it is still one of the best Batman stories that I have ever read and I think has ever been written. And I think a big part of that is because you hear both Batman and Gordon's inner monologue, and it's so well written, and it's, you know, it's some of the best parts of that book. And so if translating something like that over to a show, I think would be really strong and could set it apart immediately from previous adaptations. So I decided to, to go with that. And then, in terms of the world, uh... This was kind of hard for me. I didn't really pick a lane here. I think i wanted to be more stylized, but also still very urban, very dirty, very gritty. Uh, and also very American, which sounds weird, but I love when, when Gotham is gothic. That seems to go without saying, but a lot of times it's not the case. However, I can't get it out of my head that I don't understand why a Batman movie hasn't been shot in Detroit. Just the character of that city and the grit and the gray and just like the i don't know kind of the dirtiness of it i think would work really really well for batman but at the same time something more stylized something more gothic and and out there like london or paris or something i also could see that being really cool but you don't get the urban sprawl and like the the condensed you know like all these people packed so tightly together and just like it's a powder keg ready you know like ready to explode at any moment i mean i'm sure there's parts of paris and london that are like that but they're very picturesque they're not i don't know it's just not the same they're two different vibes and i can't really reconcile them both in my head so if you could find a way to stylize detroit and shoot it there i think that would be really really cool for the actual look of gotham city and then it would probably be set um in the 80s ish like like before we had a lot of technology that we have now like We'd still have a lot, but we wouldn't maybe have cell phones and like as much advanced technology as we do now. So I would try to keep it a little more timeless in terms of the actual aesthetic. And uh, there was one other thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, the suit. The suit and who's playing Batman. So Batman was the only fan casting that I did. I did not feel like fleshing out a whole cast just because I knew that would take a lot of time and it's already kind of running long and I just figured I'll just stick with Batman and just go from there and I cast uh Jake Gyllenhaal as Batman so this I don't know if this is controversial or not but I think he has a thousand percent the range to pull something like that off clean shaven he can a hundred percent pull off the suave billionaire playboy and then I think he has something that is very important when casting a Batman which is that you can look at them and see more going on behind their eyes that they're just keeping just under the surface. I think that's really important, and I think that he does a great job of pulling that off. He is a great facial actor, which is something I talked about with um, with um, with Christian Bale, too. And I I know that sounds like a really weird and arbitrary thing to focus on, but a lot of Batman, like a good performance with Batman, does come down to facial expressions and just like you know, portraying even just the subtle differences between, you know, Bruce Wayne, billionaire playboy, Bruce Wayne at home with Alfred and Batman, and I think that's something that Jake Gyllenhaal could definitely bring to the character. He's a little old, so he'd probably have to do a lot of stunt men. uh, like, he's not, he's not old, old, he's just, you know, he's not necessarily in his prime, like the, like you would expect Batman to be, so, Batman would be a little, a little while on, I guess, but, but I don't think that he's, you know, he doesn't look that old, like, he still looks like he's, like, late 30s, which is about where we would probably put this iteration of Batman, uh, I don't want him to be just starting out, because I think we've seen enough of that, I think I'd like to have him a little bit pre, you know, more established, built up a relationship with Gordon and the GCPD, and, like, you know, he's part of Gotham now, he's not just breaking onto the scene. And I think that Jake Gyllenhaal hits that age range and definitely has the acting chops to pull it off. And I think that that could work really, really well. And then um, and then the suit itself, as far as that, I prefer when Batman's suit isn't, like, a technological masterpiece. Like, I prefer when, when it, you know, not everything can be done for him by his suit and by his gadgets i'm not a big fan of the grant morrison bat god kind of thing where he has a gadget for everything and no matter what problem comes uh his way he's already thought it out a million different ways i'm not a huge fan of that so i would strip him down a little bit and give him a, like a more tactile suit something that's armored but not super heavily something that's got like Like, real grit to it. Like, maybe, like, shoulder pads and knee pads and stuff. And, like, lace-up boots instead of, you know, the sleek metal boots that we've been seeing in the comics more recently. And then, like, um, maybe, like, Muay Thai ropes around his hands, similar to Daredevil in the the first and third season. Stuff like that. I think that would be really, really cool to see. And just, like, like, how he has built himself a suit out of like the different things that he's learned of the different techniques that he's learned so it would be a little more street level like it would still be something that you would pull off with a billionaire budget but it would still be a little bit more gritty more tactile wouldn't have uh the thousand different capabilities that it has and stuff like arkham knight or grant morrison's runs and stuff like that and i think that would that would be how i'd i'd have him like an advantage over the bad guys but not so much that he's impossible to beat so yeah I think that I think that about covers it aesthetically about uh what I would kind of want the tone to be the look of the of the whole show to be casting wise that kind of stuff I think that's that's about where my head's at um I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk about with his actual with the look of him but um I can't think of it right now, so I think I'll head into the pitch. So, in the first episode, I'm not really going to divide this into episodes. This is kind of just going to be a general, very broad sense of where I want the story to go over the course of the season. So, And, and I'd highlight a, a few key scenes as actual scenes. Bearing in mind, I don't really know where these would be in, in terms of episodes, and there's a lot of stuff that I haven't really thought out or written. This is just, um, this is just, like, an outline, a storyline. So, we would open on a very familiar shot. It's down a darkened alley late at night in Gotham City. We'd see a couple taking a shortcut to get to their car when a shadowed figure would step out of the shadows with a gun in his hand. And very quickly, some batarangs would fly out of the darkness. And you would think, oh, this is coming towards whoever is holding this gun he's going to s- stop the smugger, but it hits the the couple instead the couple that was walking and then two shots ring out into the night the couple falls to the ground uh we see the swoosh of batman's cape and um and him dashing away into the night and we pull up above uh we're looking down at the alley at this couple dying in each other's arms and uh, we see Batman standing atop uh, a roof, looking down on them, looking down on this crime that has just been committed. And it's clear that he was the one that committed it. And we pull up, and we're looking at, at all of Gotham City in this super wide shot. Cut to credits. So that was our our opening scene. And so I'm going... Yeah, I think I'm going to... Uh... uh yeah, yeah, alright, I'll 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 address this now. I, so, I talked a lot about this on the last episode, but, um, so, so if you haven't listened to that, uh, I'm probably not going to explain a lot of it, repeat a lot of points, because I already pretty thoroughly covered my feelings on this whole issue last time, so if you haven't listened to that, probably go back and check it out. But for now, what I'm going to say is this season will basically address it'll be like an open letter to Batman's killing rule. I really passionately argued how dumb I think uh it, the handling of it is in the Dark Knight trilogy. I didn't really touch on the Burton films in which he kills a lot of people, but it it's never addressed. So it doesn't ring as as grievous an error um or like as grave a, like a problem with the movies just because they never pretend that he doesn't kill. So when he does, it doesn't seem as big of a deal unless you know the character very well. And in Batman v Superman, which is like the most recent interpretation, the Ben Affleck kind of stuff, in that, they do address it, but they do such a poor, lackluster job of doing so that it's just a terrible story, and it, they really just don't explore it in a satisfying way. And I think this is just a weird problem that the live action interpretations of batman have suffered under for a long time and it's just that batman is always killing and i i just can't understand why it's such a stronger narrative choice when he cares about life when he wants to save and protect people and change their lives for the better not just completely prematurely end them and so this would follow the main villain of this would be an imposter who is parading around the city, killing people as Batman. And the very important point to this is that obviously he's framing people with the batarangs and, and wearing the costume, yeah, yeah. But he's carrying a gun. He's killing people with a gun. The one th- thing that, um, you know, a traumatized kid who saw his parents gun down would obviously swear away. He's not going to use guns, For such an obvious reason so it would be a very harsh contrast to who Batman actually is as a person as a character and that would basically be the point of this season and it would serve uh, as as a like a twisted mirror version of of Batman and it would go to show that this that's not who Batman is and this this is almost the anti-Batman and it would kind of illuminate his moral code in, in a way, and uh, and develop him as a character who's firmly against that. And there's more that I want to get into this later, so I'll put a pin in it for now. But that's basically what the narrative focus, like thematically, that's what this season is going to be centered on. And so after the credits, we would cut back into uh, Batman fighting Mr. Freeze in the jewelry store. So, obviously, Mr. Freeze is going after Diamonds to power his suit, and Batman's flipping all over the place, dodging ice blasts and, and trying to get uh, the upper hand. He eventually does. Thermal Detonator, yada yada, knocks Freeze out, throws him in the Batmobile, kind of Arkham Knight style. Um, I don't know if I'd have the weird, like, claw thing that comes out of the back or not, because I was just talking about how I want this to be a little bit more low-tech, and that does seem like a pretty crazy leap. Uh, that would be kind of out of character for this version that I've created, but maybe he just throws him in the back seat. I don't know, something like that. And so he's headed off to to go take him back to the GCPD lockup when he gets a call in, like a voice com from Gordon. And Gordon's saying, "Get get down here to the West End. I need your help. There's been a murder." And then uh, he he talks to him. He says something kind of kind of like low-key hinting that it has to do with you and so he gets there he turns over freeze to another officer and he starts you know investigating the scene he starts like actually detectiving which is you no know, another thing that i'm sure if you really follow this stuff closely you're probably sick of hearing the words noir and the words detective because those two things are so frequently said by upcoming batman creators when asked about like oh, what are you going to do differently? Well, in this one, we're really going to see the detective side of Batman. It's going to be kind of a noir story. And it never is. It never is. But in this, I really tried to right some of the wrongs that I've found with previous interpretations of Batman. And I think it's going to start right here with A, him not killing, and B, him investigating a crime scene, which we see, sort of, but then the follow-through is so weird, and, like, the inexplicable and incomprehensible bullet-in-the-wall stuff in The Dark Knight. I know this isn't a discussion about that movie, but it it makes literally no sense, and it's, it's so strange. It's such a strange decision that that's, like, the impetus for him starting to discover the Joker's plan. So, in this interpretation, he will be, like, dusting for fingerprints and, like, casing the scene, finding evidence, whatever, and that's what's gonna start to lead him to the mystery. And, um... And he's not gonna do weird bullet stuff, it's gonna be, like, him discovering this thing that leads into this file that he downloads and decrypts and whatever, and you'll see that as I progress, but that's kind of my vision for what the mystery aspect of this would be. And the identity of the killer would be a mystery, probably not a very good one for people that follow the comics religiously, but, um, but yeah, it wouldn't be revealed until, like, the penultimate episode, most likely. And then, um, and so, yeah, he finds multiple batterings, talks to Gordon about, about, you know, what happened here. And, uh, Gordon tells him that basically what it looks like from, from everything he can tell is that Batman was, was basically set up. And he says, uh, obviously, he gives him the benefit of the doubt, and Gordon's like, look, listen, I know you didn't do this, I trust that you didn't do this, and that you'll find who did, but this is... You know, this is a pretty big deal, and there's only so long that I can keep this away from the public. This is, you know, there's only so long that I can keep this information from getting out there and from basically turning the whole city against you. So, he he says he's trying to keep the mayor's office out of this as well. He'll do his best as long as he can before he's basically forced to send the entire police force after Batman. But, it, you know, please solve this quickly because I don't want this to escalate. And so he he tells Gordon to like send him the coroner's report and whatever so he can study it determine time of death, cause of death, whatever and he's basically just jets off to like start solving the mystery. So he he's taken prints from the male victim because he's 99% positive that he he knows who this is, but he's he's not entirely sure. So he runs the fingerprints and um unfortunately, his suspicion is correct. This is, the the male victim was Johnny Vitti, who is the son of Carla Vitti, uh, and the Vittis are, are, like, Carla is Carmine Falcone's sister, and Carmine Falcone basically rules the Gotham underworld. He's, he's the godfather to Gotham's crime families, and Carla is his sister. She is basically the godmother to the crime families of chicago they rule chicago and so you know he's obviously in town for something some meeting between the two families and he's been killed which means that basically as soon as carmine falcone finds out he's going to be gunning for batman and as soon as you know carmine finds out will by extension mean that the rest of the falcones and then the Vs will also find out so that'll be bringing down the wrath of two crime families on Batman, so that's where we're kind of starting this this season. And he, th- you know, he sends this off to Gordon, tells him prepare for for her to to get to the city. I want your mob task force watching the airports, whatever. I want to know once she gets here because I need to be able to prepare. And you know, it's possible that we could catch her in some sort of rogue act if you guys are casing wherever she could come into Gotham and so uh, a few scenes later you know there'll be some stuff in between here and there but we'll, we'll see uh, Johnny and his wife's murder has hit the front page of the Gazette but the bat- the detail has been left out and then we'll kind of like fade from the the paper in like a newsstand maybe to it being held in Carmen Falcone's hand and we're going to understand that he has the knowledge that the paper didn't say everything one of his informants in the police department got it back to him that batman uh that uh that batman killed his son and um and so er his his nephew sorry is what i meant killed his nephew and so obviously now he's got a pretty hefty price on batman's head he wants him gone and Carla's on her way. We also learned that in this scene. And so, the next night, another murder happens. And this time, it's uh, another familiar setting. It's the back of of an Italian restaurant a mob meeting. This being Moroni's restaurant. So, he's basically the chief rival of the Falcone's for the control of Gotham City. And a bunch of his, like, lower-level enforcers are are having a meeting you know, they're, like, counting up money, they're doing paperwork stuff, whatever, in through the window, crashes Batman, lands on the table, um, throws a bunch of batarangs, and then shoots all these guys, stabs the money to the table with a batarang, you know, kind of of as a calling card, we hear a scream, and, and the, uh, karma, er, sorry, there's so many mob families, it's very hard to keep them all straight. Moroni runs in from, like, the main dining area into the kitchen, guns drawn, bodyguards at his side, just in time to see the cape fly out the window, and obviously he can tell based on the evidence that's been planted, the scene that's been made, Batman just killed some of his men. So that means that Batman has now knocked off some of the Maronis and the, the V-slash-Falconis. So... Now you have essentially three crime families that all want Batman dead. And then uh, once Carla arrives, uh, Falcone and a small army of bodyguards basically are waiting for her at a private airfield just outside of Gotham City. So the, the cops are somewhere close by. They, they get word that, the, that she's arrived. And so now Batman and Gordon know, okay, shit's about to get real. And we'll we'll have a scene where uh they you know, they they plan his funeral and everything and and we actually see the funeral and there at the funeral, after the ceremonies are all over, we've you know, we've laid the body to rest, the Moronis will approach and guns will be drawn and everything, but he'll be like, you know, hands up, I come in peace. I have a proposal. We all want Batman dead. He's killed someone very important to all of us. I'm proposing a coalition between our families. We will all pawn our money. We will all come together. We'll have all of our men out there stalking the streets, getting ready to shoot Batman on sight. And we'll put up the money for any of them and any supervillain that's potentially interested. We'll give you, like a billion dollars some crazy number if you bring us the head of the bat they agree takes some convincing but eventually they do agree and so now there's this massive mob family basically formed in Gotham and uh and now that basically encompasses all of the mob all the people that you could you could want in this operation all the numbers that you would want out there hunting batman basically an entire army That's kind of where Batman's up against. So throughout the season, we'll see a bunch of scenes that'll come, you know, as action scenes in between, like, solving the crime and the more dramatic elements where Batman will just step outside, basically. He'll just be on a rooftop, and suddenly he'll be getting shot at. Like, people are looking for him all of the time. When he's driving the Batmobile through some dirty back alley, people are shooting at him. You know, he's coming into opposition no matter where he goes. It's kind of like in Arkham Knight or Arkham City, where there's just countless thugs roaming the streets. Kind of picture that. So they're all looking for him, and then eventually we'll start to rope in actual supervillains that'll come in for certain episodes. So people like like Bane, like Deadshot, Deathstroke, uh, Bronze Tiger, people like that, like mercenary types. We probably won't get into heavy hitters like the Joker or Two Face. Uh, Penguin will pop up later in this in the show riddler probably not uh i definitely wanted to include catwoman but i just couldn't find a way to really work her into the show as i wrote it and so i just neglected to mention her but she is definitely out there and could make an appearance so not ruling that out but definitely ruling out like the super heavy hitters like trying to keep it focused on the mob and whoever this imposter eventually turns out to be and like some lower tier supervillains like names costumes just not just not, you know, arch nemeses, not quite yet, that's more season two, season three, should I ever, should I ever outline those two, so, uh, let's see, where are we at, uh, the coalition has been formed, alright, so, we'll see then, Batman investigating gun casings and batarangs left behind at the scenes of these various murders as they continue, as they progress, tensions just keep heating up as more people start to get knocked off, And he sees that the casings are unmarked and virtually untraceable, which means that they were almost certainly purchased illegally by one of the gun-running operations in Gotham City. And he figures, okay, I'll start with the one that controls all the imports of illicit munitions into the city. I'm going to go to Oswald Cobblepot. So, he... uh, he stakes out his office, waits for him to leave. You know it'll be outside the iceberg lounge, just to name check uh that famous Gotham landmark, and then he'll break in, start downloading just all his corporate files, everything that he's he th- thinks could be potentially valuable onto a hard drive, and he'll just take the hard drive out and and dash he'll be in and out really quickly. It's a pretty quick scene. We don't really see the penguin just yet. And he'll take it back to the Batcave and he'll be decrypting all this stuff and the most relevant information that he finds because of all this is transactions from Kane County Banking Institute. Uh like big, big sums of money coming in. And then um scans of a batarang. So those are the big those are the big ones. Uh so he decides to return, a couple like some scenes later, he'll return to Cobblepot's office. This time when Cobblepot is there, he's specifically looking for him. He's trying to find him, he wants to interrogate him. Crashes through the window, slams into the ground, starts, you know, roughing him up a little bit. And he finds out that the munitions that he sold recently, one of the biggest transactions he's just made, was a battering, And this was like a super big, this is a super big flip. This is a really great return on investment because basically what he did was he just bought it from a small-time crook who needed you know money for for coke or whatever uh he just recovered this batman this batarang buys it off this guy for a couple thousand dollars and then gets uh, a much more valuable potential um potential buyer who will buy it for a much larger sum of money because they need it for you know some kind of other purpose and It was uh, a stockholder of the Kane County Banking Institute, and he told him, you know, I have a plan to destroy Batman. Obviously, Batman doesn't believe him that this is all he knows, so he, uh, you know, he bugs the office when Cobblepot isn't looking and leaves, so he's headed to investigate the headquarters of Kane County Banking Institute as Bruce Wayne. So a couple scenes later, maybe the next episode, whatever, he pretends he's interested in joining the bank and offering his money for the banking for the investments. And he has a meeting with one of the bank's heads. He discovers that one of the Gotham institutions that they support financially is Arkham Asylum. So Dr. Arkham, or whatever, uh, when he founded the this mental institution, when, uh, you know, generations ago, he was also a major investor in the bank. And so, as kind of a, like, a m- in memoriam of him, they started lending their financial support. After he passed away, and after his funds couldn't, you know, they were they were part of the bank. They're obviously in circulation, and then I don't know, maybe the asylum couldn't f- support itself without uh, his things. I don't really know how fin- how finances work, rich people stuff works. Let's just say, you know, they're linked in some way. They're intrinsically linked. I just made hand motions as if that would literally help anyone, but no one can see this. Hopefully, so yeah you're welcome for that detail uh yeah so as he's investing the case investigating the case more murder more murders of important crime family members uh have been carried out and like i said the in the intention or the tensions are heightening at this point gordon can't keep batman safe anymore and so he has to send the police after him otherwise you know it's he loses a job. He could be accused of, like, of, of fraud. All kinds of stuff. You know, bad stuff that he doesn't want to do, obviously. He has faith that Batman will figure this out. But for the time being, he, he just has to make the hard call. And so now Batman's got a bunch of people after him. He's got supervillains. He's got crime family members. He's got the freaking police. So he's got the whole city basically turned against him. And plus, any public consciousness. Anybody who who maybe supported a a third party, a vigilante coming in to, to wreck up the system, and, like, maybe this guy's making real change, and, yeah, we should have superheroes out on the streets, um, even those people are starting to turn against him, because, wait, this isn't what we stood for, you know, he's, he's killing these people now, he's not really helping the system, he's just eliminating the problem. So Gotham is against him, the city that he swore he would help protect and, and fight, for until his dying breath is now completely against him and so that's a big part of the villain's plan, which we'll get to a little later. But that's the framing that we're going we're heading into the final episodes with. And so uh eventually he decides what he needs to do is go to the asylum. That's basically his main lead is that you know he has yet to investigate the asylum. He needs to go there, collect data, get files, whatever, there's possibilities that he'll figure out whoever um, whoever's responsible for this whole ordeal is potentially there so he, he breaks into Arkham because he knows that obviously the guards are gonna have orders to keep him out there's no reason that they would let him in and he doesn't want the police or anybody to know that he's there so he, he gets in quietly he sneaks in and he's headed to to like a main office um, like a I don't know, um, records or whatever, some sort of somewhere where he's going to be able to get a lot of these files. And he's about to get there, and then all of a sudden, the whole, like, hallway, the whole floor even goes black. Except for one light, and at the very end of this hallway, illuminated by one dingy light, completely in silhouette, is another Batman. And so this is it. This is when they first come face to face him and the imposter, and the imposter is saying some stuff about, like, "Eh, you wandered right into my trap, or whatever, and then they go, they start fighting, they're going at it, and then something like, Batman's kind of basically at the upper hand, and then somehow the the imposter manages to get away, fall back into the darkness, and then you hear, like, an echoey voice say something about, like, you really thought you won, didn't you? You were only playing into my hands, whatever, supervillain monolog shit, and um and then you the the lights go on but they're red so the whole facility is bathed in red light and it's they're flashing alarms are going off and the basically what's happening is arkham is going to lock down so you start seeing like metal uh metal panels like start to rise up and cover the windows and batman throws a batarang to try to like stop them from closing like try to get it in in between like the sill of the window and the and the, and the edge of this, this metal thing and just breaks the battering and keeps closing. So he is locked in. The doors are locked. This records room has been completely shuttered up and, and it's locked down. And so Batman is trapped in Arkham Asylum. We'll get some voiceover from the, the imposter or something about like the head nut is, is locked in the nut house and like I wonder how long it'll take to break you, something like that. And then the doors, the front gates will open, and who will all come in? But uh, all the supervillains that have been after him. So, in an odd twist, the villains want to be in Arkham, but obviously for a good reason. They're trying; they're determined to uh, to to get Batman's head and to return it to Falcone for that massive payday. And then all the cells will open too. So, Batman's locked in with. All these inmates and all these villains and then there'll be a whole episode dedicated to him fighting his way through them and they're fighting each other that's the other thing so it won't just be villain on villain or it won't just be villain on batman violence it'll be villain on villain action too oh that was what i wanted to say if we could get like the john wick guys like the cinematographers action coordinators or like uh not coordinators uh choreographers that kind of stuff in like the same guys that would be awesome that's the kind of vibe i want in terms of action for the series that's what i forgot to say earlier but yeah so if you can kind of picture that kind of action that kind of fighting and stunt work that's kind of what the uh, like the better half of the whole episode would be in around the middle of the season and then the other half would be once he finally is getting you know he's he's fought his way through them he's incapacitated them all now he has to escape Arkham Asylum And uh, he's weakened, he's bloodied, he's battered, he barely manages to get out And then, like click through a ventilation shaft or something like that And he, this the other important part is that he doesn't actually get the, um, the information that he needs, not at this point And so, he, um uh, He, like, falls out uh, of this vent, this vent, like, bloodied and broken, and he's like barely staggering away as the police close in on the asylum. And so that's basically where we're at, headed into the, into the final episodes. So he'll be recovering, resting, getting in contact with Gordon. Gordon will get him the files that he needs, uh, and so we'll have uh, some Gordon-centric scenes where we follow him and, uh, you know, however he's gonna get all this information to Batman. And then Batman will study this. Batman will do his detectiveery, and he'll discover that uh, there's a there's a few suspects like that he's looking at, and so he's gonna find them and follow them in their day to day life, and he's gonna do this as matches Malone, who is like Batman's just regular Joe Schmo and oftentimes a criminal persona that he adopts for certain things, and so I'm gonna introduce that that alternate. Uh, identity for Batman because it's never been seen in one of the movies and I think it would be cool to bring it to the live to, to live action so he'll follow all these people he'll collect the evidence he needs and so we're basically narrowing down suspects at this point these are all head honchos in Arkham these are all people that could like make decisions make these payments start these shadowy deals and so that's what he does and he's basically circled in on this guy that he's almost positive is the guy and you've probably already guessed it if you know the comics, but that guy is Hugo Strange. So he finds some way to prove who this person is, and he figures out, uh, you know, he, he gets a bug into their, into their office and everything. And so he has all the proof necessary that he needs, based on these files, based on the testimony that he's given, and he understands what his plan is, and that he's been planning all along to basically conduct an experiment on Batman. He's trying to break him. He's trying to turn the whole city against him to bring Batman to his knees and to beat him and and bloody him and completely destroy everything that he stands for. Because it doesn't matter that the public um, or that, that, that people among Batman's small inner circle know he didn't do this. What matters more is that the entire city doesn't know and will never truly believe again that he didn't do this. And so he has ostensibly destroyed Batman's image, and he's, he's trying to conduct a social experiment. He is a doctor, after all. A very twisted one. And so he's trying to break Batman's spirit to make him go against everything that he holds dear. And there's another thing that I thought, I didn't really work it well into this pitch, but something that I'd want to include is focusing on a very specific time of Batman's life when he was a very young child in the months following his parents' death. And I think that it would be cool to see him, like, going through therapy and, like, talking to people and getting a real sense for his moral code. And then him through high school and then into college and where he starts to form his ideas about the world and his opinions on crime and how to handle it. And I think there's a really awesome scene in one of the untold legends of the Batman stories. I think that's where it's from. Where he has a conversation with a college law professor at a time where he still wants to be... you know a lawyer or a policeman someone legitimately dealing with criminals and he has a conversation where they determine what what justice is versus what the law is oftentimes and they're very different things and that sets the standard for bruce's morals as he becomes batman and as he you know lives his his life as he chooses to do so and i think that's something that would be really interesting to include in this season is an actual depiction of why he doesn't just become a cop why doesn't he just fall into the system i think that would be really cool and i think that could also kind of help tie into this and like showing us an alternate method here's an alternate path and he's just like trying to to destroy that path to destroy what he's trying to do and then batman's triumphant moment is when he stands up to this villain and shows him your plan won't work i stopped you that's not who i am and i'll keep fighting until you know to, to preserve this, so it'll all basically culminate with him knowing that um knowing what what he's trying to do and so he'll he'll light the bat signal and he's basically calling on this twisted version of himself so we'll we'll see from that guy's perspective through a sight uh um, like what he, what he's seeing is Batman sitting on this rooftop next to the bat signal and he'll, he'll fire, he'll shoot him, like, right through the legs, this, uh, Batman slumps over, he's, he's incapacitated, so the imposter jumps down, uh, and t- turns him over, it's a dummy, it's a mannequin, it wasn't actually Batman, from the rooftop, Batman descends down on this imposter, starts beating the shit out of him, just making his face a bloody pulp, and, um, and then he you know he's like ripped his mask off and he's like screaming at him like why are you doing this why are you trying to break me like why me what what is this what you know what are you trying to do and he's like i'm trying to prove that you can even you can fall and he whips a gun out from his belt and like puts it to batman's head and batman like grabs it and turns it on him there's like this tense moment where you know he's like i should kill you every fiber of my being i should kill you there's nothing about you that is contributing to society, you've just, you've ruined people's lives, you've ruined my life, you've ruined my reputation, everything I'm trying to do, you turn it against me, and then, obviously, he, he puts the gun down, that's not who I am, that's never who I'll be, and that's why you'll never win, something to that effect. Out from uh, from, from the shadows bursts Gordon, uh, and then from, like, the, the roof access door bursts up, swarm of cops, they had already conferred with Batman earlier, and they knew this plan going in, so now they also have the proof, and that, that this was different, this was a different person, they arrest him, and basically, that's, that's it. Whew, okay, um, the another thing that I didn't mention just a couple of seconds ago, but, that I considered was having Hugo Strange actually be the therapist that Bruce sees, I don't know if that's too stupid or makes the world too small, but I thought that would be kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You gotta, you should tell me what you think, but that's, yeah, that's something that I considered, including. And yes, that is my pitch. Holy crap. Um, it's been almost an hour. I'm so sorry for taking up so much of your time, but I want to know what you think. Uh, that was, that was what I came up with. That's something I think I'd really like to see, and... Uh, how did, how did you feel about it? Do you agree? Do you have ideas of your own? Are they better than mine? Are they worse than mine? Well, I'm sure they're better than mine. So you should definitely let me know what they are. If you were curious about, uh, what my original plan was, it was very similar to this, the whole mob storyline, uh, mob members being killed. Batman wouldn't have really been framed, but, um, but it would have been, the Court of Owls, who were killing uh, all these um, all these mob members, and who were basically going to try to turn the crime families against each other, and so they would basically burn the city to the ground, and they would st- the Court of Owls would emerge, and they would kind of bring the city back to their image. It was the bi- the villain plot basically, and then it would eventually uh, Batman would would get involved, and he'd be warring against them, and, and it'd, you know, it all culminate with a giant fight, and, and all this stuff, and Robin was involved, and I don't know, it was just kind of messy, and muddled, and, and it didn't, it wasn't as good as it could have been, and I think this is a lot better, uh, and stripping it down, making it more streamlined, smaller scale, was definitely the right decision, so I'm glad I did that, and I hope you enjoyed, thank you so much for listening, if you made it this far, and please let me know what you thought, and uh, if you had other alternate takes on this material. Real, real quick, real, real quick, I am grateful that, um, I gave a comic a second chance. Uh, this is, this is, an, again, not a super meaningful one, but, uh, but I'm grateful that it took me a really, really long time to struggle back to East of West because I tried reading it once months ago, wasn't super into it, totally put it down, read like f- four or five other books in between, I was about to just put it back on the shelf and say, you know what, this isn't for me. But I decided just re just restart, try it again, see if you like it. And and I actually have have been liking it a lot more second time around. So I'm grateful that I decided to do that because it's turned me on to something that I might look forward to collecting more in the future. So that's pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, if you wanted to get in touch with me, tell me your comments, whatever ideas, suggestions, you know the drill, uh, you can email me at moviesandmorepod at com. you can hit up the show's Instagram account where I post updates on new episodes, what the topics of discussion will be, and all that kind of good stuff, that's at moviesandmorepod on Instagram, and then if you want to follow me personally for pictures of cities I visit, shoes I buy, song recommendations, all that stuff, you can find that, uh, at gvangelily1 on Instagram. And, again, thank you so much for listening. I know this one really ran long. tried to prep you for that. Maybe you could break it up into two sections or something. But, uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And, um, and I hope you have a fantastic day. And don't forget that if an imposter is wearing the same clothes that you do and committing murders, don't kill them. Bring them to justice. That's what Batman would do. Peace.